0: I'm super excited you're connecting with us for our fourth week of teaching on this series that I'm calling Grow. Who are you going to be on the other side of this pandemic? I hope that you will be in a growth mindset and that you will have already engaged the growing that's taking place in you. At this very moment, facilitated, if you will, by the tough stuff that's happening in this pandemic. Because you know what? God is with us as we're struggling through this pandemic. Now, if you missed the earlier messages, the link to our website is right here on the screen. I want to encourage you to go back and so that you can catch up. All right, here's the text that we've been looking at, and I want to return to it today. Uh, the gospel writer of John chapter 20, one of Jesus' disciples, uh, gives us an account of what happened around the resurrection. This is where we've been working through. Listen to what the writer says. Early on Sunday morning while it was still dark, the last few weeks we've been talking about how God walks, works in the dark, that Jesus' resurrection happened in the dark. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone, somebody shout the stone, type it in the chat, the stone had been rolled away from the inference. Lord God, we ask that you'd bless this teaching, that you would do with it far more than I could have ever imagined in the lives of those that are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. Listen, if you've been following along with us, you know that the basic premise of this series is that in order to be in a growth mindset as we exit the pandemic, which we still got a ways to go before we exit, that we need to be in a posture of dreaming again. Can somebody shout, dream again? And yet, I told you that for many of us before we can start dreaming again We have to figure out how to overcome the barriers that are standing in the way That's that's hindering our ability to dream again And as we work through overcoming those barriers what we're discovering is that God is growing us through the process and so uh, last couple of weeks we've been talking about the good news that comes when we're able to declare thank god i'm a seed that jesus talks to us about how if you understand that you're a seed it doesn't matter how deep the hole is and how much dirt piles on you come on now how dark the hole is that ultimately god has has made seeds to grow so can you just say it with me? I just like the way it's like, thank God I'm a seed. Just type it in the chat. Thank God I'm a seed. Let me give you a little bit of the logic of the last several weeks of teaching. We focused for two weeks on the seed. Notice, oh, put that up, the seed, yes. Uh, that there are some growing implications when we start thinking about our lives through the lens of the seed. Today, I want to focus on uh, the stone. The stone that was rolled away when Mary Magdalene got there. The, the, the stone that represents those unmovable things. I'll come back to it in a minute. That's in your life and in my life. And next week, I want to talk about the soldiers that stood guard around the tomb. You see, the soldiers, uh, they got some implications for us as well. They represent those things that are in our lives <laughs> Their sole purpose for being in our lives, check it out, is to stop us from growing. <laughs> you, you don't want to miss next week when I talk about the soldiers, come on, the things that, that would tend to stop us from experiencing the growth that God has for you and for me to experience. But today, I want to focus back on the text as we think together about the unmovable things in our lives. Notice when Mary Magdalene gets to the tomb where Jesus has been buried on early Sunday morning, that what's noted here is that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Now, this is a really, really, really big deal. Why? Because uh, the Gospel writer Matthew tells us that after Jesus died on the cross, it was around 3 o'clock p.m., PM and in just a matter of hours, the Sabbath was going to kick in. And, and um, Joseph, Arimatheus, and Nicodemus, they realized that, that it was their task to try to bury the body of Jesus before the Sabbath kick in, which was a Jewish tradition. And it turns out that, that Joseph, Arimatheus, had a tomb very close. You could almost, I think some folks say it was, it was in seeing distance of the crucifixion. And so, what he does is he ultimately takes the body of Jesus and, and they finish embalming it, wrap it in a, in, a, in a beautiful white linen sheet, lays it in the tomb, and then the text says they roll a big stone in uh, and, and a sense to, to close the tomb. And then Pilate orders uh, that the Roman seal be placed on the stone because Pilate, Jesus' disciples, tend not to remember because they were trapped in the midst of their despair. Their their sense of hope had 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 been destroyed. They they felt like the the movement of Jesus was totally gone, and they totally forgot that Jesus had said repeatedly, after repeatedly, after repeatedly, that if you if you destroy me, come on, my life is a seed. And on the third day. I will rise again, and I will bring forth a great harvest. But the disciples forgot it because they were in the midst of their despair. But Pilate remembered. He said, put the Roman seal so nobody will come and try to steal the body and pretend that Jesus exited because he, it was in his mind. Jesus said he was going to get up, and then he posted soldiers. So when Mary Magdalene and then later the other ladies would come, to finish dressing and embalming the body of Jesus, bef- while it was still dark, she's completely shocked to discover that this stone, look at how huge this stone is. You, you, you know, one of the gospel writers says that when the women were on their way, they were wondering, how in the world are we going to move the unmovable? How are we going to get this stone moved out of the way so we can go and to the dead body of Jesus, finished the embalming and caring process for the body. But when they get there, it's moved. So as you see this stone, I want you to think about what are the big unmovable things that are in your life? Because here's here's, here's the insight. Here's what I want you to see. The stone, as I've already said, equals the unmovable thing. What is it? Is it your marriage? (laughs) Is it, is it some addiction? What is it? Is it, is it, is it the financing that you need to start the new business that you've been dreaming of? Is it, is it trying to figure out the resources that, so that you can actually get to college? What's the unmovable thing? Is it is it caring for an aging loved one? Is it is it dealing with a, an, a, 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 a mental health challenge that, that you have been dealing with for years? What is the unmovable thing? Is it your fight against injustice that seems that, that, you, that you sometimes feel like you're losing? What's the unmovable thing that's in your life? Whatever it is, I want you to, to really just capture it in your imagination. Now, a few weeks ago, I told you that when, when Pastor Ken preached the first message kicking off this series, celebrating our seventh anniversary, and talked about the fact that we need to dream again, that when I heard those, those words, dream again, shout dream again, that it's, it just startled me because the last major effort I did as the pastor of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston was to lead an effort called dream again. And, and, and through that effort, we ended up adopting a school that was called the Dearborn School. And check this out. <laughs> After we adopted the school, we discovered <laughs> a few days, maybe a week or two later, the Boston Globe printed a list of the, super, of the schools that the superintendent was going to close, and the Dearborn School was on that list. Now, had we known that it was going to be closed, we would have never adopted it. Let me just pause here for a quick insight. God let us walk into that situation knowing that the school would be posted to be closed. Here's the insight. Uh, 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 Sometime God will allow us to walk into situations Knowing that if he, if he tells us about them in advance, we would never walk in. We would avoid them. We would run away. But the problem is, if we avoid the situation, we'd miss out on the growth moment. We'd miss out on the miracle opportunity that God has stored up for us in the situation that we would dare run from. Somebody ought to say praise God. <laughs> can, can you just type in the, in the chat, trust God in every Situation and so, when we figured out that it was going to close, we organized an entire effort that ultimately resulted in us convincing the superintendent and the mayor to reimagine this school and ultimately to to, to build a brand new facility that we have to raise fifty million dollars for the now called the dearborn them academy here's a great picture i showed these a few weeks ago this is what it looks like on the outside this is what it looks like on the inside gorgeous right these are a couple of the kids that from the community there's a picture of the kids show the picture of the kids picture of the kids from the community that it is helping because the church would dare to have dream again uh a few years ago, the city invited me to go back to that school to give the keynote for the cutting of the ribbon because of the role that God had allowed us to play. And once that whole ceremony thing was over, I caught up with one of the one of the former teachers that I have talked about over the years. Who, when uh, when it was announced over the intercom that the fifty million dollars had been appropriated to build a brand new building. She said in the classroom with tears running down her cheeks. Wow, we've had a lot of starts and stops, but I've never seen this kind of progress until the church came. I want you to hear a little bit about her perspective from her own words because I got to interview her while I was there. Here is Ms. Miller. This is an amazing woman who I often talk about who, when the money came through, she said that she'd seen a lot of starts and stops, but she hadn't seen this much progress since the church. So the the church came. Come Sorry. on, why don't you say a word about that? Well, I, I, I'll just tell the story that um, Yusufi Vali was, was the person that came to the Dearborn yeah. to ask us those three questions, like, what was our biggest dream? I forget what they were. What was your biggest dream? Um what do you need to fulfill the dream and what was the what, what was the obstacle what yeah, the obstacle in the way mm-hmm. and I I was what, I didn't get it yeah. I didn't get why he was there like yeah. what you know you're gonna come you're gonna go I answered your questions so what mm-hmm. like what's the big deal and then I I figured out that that they were serious that Rox Perez was serious wow. that they really they really reached out they really wanted to help us and it was the start of this uh, wow Look at this. Absolutely amazing. I'm so happy you're still here. You deserve to be able to enjoy this. Well, I'm retired. I've been retired for five years, but I really never left. (laughs) Good! Because they need you. We need you here. So uh, keep up the good work. Wow, wasn't that powerful? Isn't she amazing? And You got to see some live photos of the facility. You got to see the miracle that God did. The unmovable thing moved because of how he allowed the church to lead and to believe him for the impossible. You know, the God that did that. That's the God that's living in your life. That is the God that lives in Jesus who conquered death. Come on now and walked out of a, a tomb. That is the God that's inviting you to lean in as we talk about and think about what does it mean to grow as we confront the immovable things that's in our lives. Now, here's an insight that I want you to get about this stone that was ultimately rolled away from the, from the tomb of Jesus. The stone was not moved for Jesus it was moved for you and me. It was moved for us, guys. Here's how I know that the stone wasn't moved for Jesus because if you stay right there in, in, in that chapter 20 of the Gospel of John, if you go all the way down uh, uh, to verse 19, Here's what you're gonna discover. The disciples are they're meeting behind locked doors because they are afraid of the Jewish leaders. And then suddenly the text says, Jesus is standing among them. You see, they had heard earlier that the tomb was empty. They had heard earlier that he was gone, and, and here they were trying to figure it out. And so Suddenly, in the middle of their doubts, Jesus shows up. Now, check it out. He doesn't pick any locks. He doesn't kick the door down. He doesn't break through the walls. He just shows up flesh and bones right where they are. And if he can show up right where they were with not coming through, breaking down the walls of the doors, you know he didn't need the, the stone to be rolled away in order to get out of the tomb. No, no, baby. The stone was moved, not so that Jesus could get out, but so that you and I could get in, come on, and and verify and confirm and others confirm. He is risen. The impossible has taken place. The improbable has occurred. All the immovable has taken place. And we're not really talking about the stone there. We're talking about death being overturned. Somebody shout, praise God who moves the unmovable in our lives. Now, here's what's fascinating about the Gospel of John. He talks about tombs and stones that need to be rolled away twice. The latter time is what we've just read in chapter 20. But the first time... Is in chapter 11. I'm sure that some of you may be familiar with the story. Jesus had a really good friend by the name of Lazarus who got sick. Lazarus' sisters had sent multiple messages Jesus, come, our brother is sick and dying. When Jesus shows up, Lazarus has died, and matter of fact, has been buried for four days. So Jesus shows up, and it looks like all hope is gone. And he makes his way to the tomb. And here's what the text says. It says, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at Lazarus tomb. Still angry. Can you just type in the chat, still angry? So why was Jesus angry? Jesus was angry because his dear friend had died too soon. Still angry. Why was he angry? Jesus was angry because he was dealing with the impact of sin. Don't you remember scripture says that the wages of sin... Is death and how it has impacted all of our lives and the reality that we have to deal with death? He was angry. Jesus was angry. When was it? Jesus was standing in solidarity with every person who's watching me right now who has lost a loved one. And in the midst of your grieving, you're feeling a, a real anger about how life has robbed you. Come on now, He's standing in solidarity with you. Jesus was angry. As he showed up at the tomb, a cave describes the tomb with a stone rolled across the entrance. And Jesus gives an instruction. Watch this. Here's the first insight. He says, roll the stone aside. He told them. Can somebody just say them? Can you type that in the chat? Them? Come on, watch what happens. Here's the next verse. Watch this. And so it didn't say he rolled it away, it said they rolled the stone aside. What is the first kind of growing? That takes place as we manage and engage the unmovable things in our lives. Uh, what, what, what is the first kind of lesson we need to get? Here's the, here, put the next slide up. Here's the, 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 the unmovable in your life requires number one, the strength of a we. See, he told them, they, Move the stone. Are you in the business of trying to move the unmovable all by yourself? Have you been focused for months or for years in the isolation of your by yourself moments trying to do what only a week can do? For some of us, the gift of humility is the, is, an, is the first growing moment that we need coming through this pandemic. The the, the pandemic is teaching us that we've got to be humble enough to to acknowledge that there are some things that we cannot do by ourselves, humble enough to look around us and, and ask God to show us the we's that he has placed in our lives, come on now, and that we have enough, enough humility. To be able to reach out and ask him and ask her and ask that one, will you come help me? Because I need your help. The ability to say to others, I need your help is a growing moment. Who's your we? As you struggle with your addiction. Who's your we? As you think about launching that new business. Who's your we? As you try to find the resources to go to college. Who's your we? Perhaps the prayer that you need to be praying is God. Show me the we. And give me the strength. To go and ask. For the help. Of. Others. We. You see what was different. Miss Miller will find out. Is that when I showed up, having sent Yusuf to come first as an emissary, when I showed up, it wasn't just me. I showed up with a we. <laughs> the dear boy. You see, God had had blessed me to be the founding leader of an organization called the Greater Boston Interfaith Organization. And and in that context, once I figured out that the school was going to be closed, I told the principal we need to build some power so that we can have some credibility so that when we ask the superintendent, she would be um, hmm, inspired and encouraged to listen and at least engage. So I reached to Trinity Episcopal Church, the third largest Episcopal church and wealthiest and powerful in the nation that was anchored there in Boston who had been in partnership with me in GBI when I reached out. Uh, to Temple Beth Israel, the largest Jewish community, uh, in this, in the city of Boston, who have been in partnership with me. And, and obviously I reached out to the members of Roxbury Presbyterian Church. And then I, I said to the principal, I said, you need to pick a couple of parents that you can depend upon. And let's pick a couple of your bright students. And, and, and we, we formed a we, y'all. And, and, and when we knocked on the superintendent door, uh, the we showed up and, and, and we sat in the superintendent, Dr. Karen, uh, a boardroom and it was the we that says you can close the other nine schools but we are here to bring our resources, our people resources our wealth our-, 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 our talent and if you would partner with us don't overlook Roxbury, come on now dream again with us and she responded to the we, who's your we Whew. okay there's another insight that comes as we shift our attention from the tomb of Lazarus back to the tomb of Jesus. And, 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 and notice Matthew gives us kind of, he zooms in on exactly what took place. He gives us a counting of how the stone got rolled. Here's what Matthew says. Uh, Here's what Matthew, in Matthew 28, another one of Jesus' disciples, says, suddenly, can you say suddenly? There's that word again, suddenly, out of nowhere, when it's least expected, suddenly. Come on, when it doesn't look like it's going to happen, suddenly. When, 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 it, when, it, when it looks like all is lost, suddenly, in the, in the deep dark of the early morning, suddenly, 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 there was a great earthquake. immediately it looks like oh man maybe the stone was rolled away because the ground shook we used to preach we talk about the ground shook and the stone rolled but Matthew said no 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 no. that was an earthquake indeed and an announcement that something awesome was about to happen but that's not what rolled the stone away watch it It says for an angel of the lord Came down from heaven and he placed his hands on the stone and he rolled aside the stone and then he sat on it. <laughs> Oh, praise God! Oh my God! Uh, come on now. Come on now. Come on! Let me get, let me give you the next spot. Here, here's his next one: The unmovable in your life requires not only that you have a we, uh, the strength of a we, but it also requires that you have the power of God, because because after all, once you put the we together, there's only just so much that the we the we can do. A whole lot more than the me. But there will come a point when even the wheat needs a move of God. Come on. I like the angel. I like the, I, I wonder if you, somebody can just imagine this, that whatever the unmovable is in your life, if you can see the power of God moving it, come on, that broken marriage, moving it, come on, that messed up habit pattern, moving it, and then Sitting on it as to declare, I am, come on now, I am the victory secure. Just sit on it, it's done. Come on, can somebody try in the chat? It's done. I love it, I love it. Oh my God, shout the power of God. You see, it wasn't just that we had these relationships. Everything was orchestrated by the power of God. Not only must you reach a point in your life, you must grow to a point in your life where you stop trying to do things all by yourself. You need to grow to a point in your life where you begin to open up your life the power of God where you start looking for the power of God and asking for the power of God come on waiting for the power of God and then God power has a way of working and you only know that it has worked in retrospect come on (laughs) see in retrospect can you say in retrospect say when I look back across the years over my memories I can see the fingerprints of God you see the miracle of the Dearborn school started because it was the power of God that implanted the dream again campaign in my heart in a prayer time. Just me and God. Have you created space for prayer? Have you created space to, to, to get along with God? Not just to ask for things. As a matter of fact, in that prayer time I was thinking and for some Previous miracles and I wasn't asking for any new miracles I was I, I, you remember last week we talked about uh, the, the, the examining the interior of your life I was examining the interior of my life and I was asking what was the why behind God had been so good to me have you recently taken a moment and just asked God what's the why behind I, I see a lot of things going but why have you been so good to me, praise God. That's what I was doing. And he gave, it was God who gave birth to me. Uh, the Dream Again campaign. It was God who had blessed me to have those relationships, including the mayor and the superintendent. Uh, it was God who 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 orchestrated that we would adopt out of all the schools that was in the area. We adopted the Dearborn school. And come on now, just before the superintendent was all of that was the power of God at work in our situation. <laughs> Are you ready for the power of God to move in your situation? Are you open to the power of God moving in your situation? Wow. Here's the last point. Not only do you need the strength of a we that requires growth in the area of humility to ask for help to move the unmovable. But you also need the power of God. Come on now. That requires emerging faith. To create space for God to work in your life. But then, lean in here. You also need the timing of God. So I write the timing. The timing of God. You see, really, uh, God could have raised his son Jesus from the dead on Friday night, but it's the wrong time. Uh, Jesus could have gotten up on Saturday morning, but it was not time. Jesus could have gotten up on Saturday night, but it was not time. I hope you listen to Miss Miller and her testimony. In many ways, she is a picture of where many of us are now. She said that she had waited, not weeks, not months, but years, that she had gone through a lot of starts and stops, and yet the unmovable thing just was not movable. The transformation of her school that she had invested in and that she had given so much in in order to serve better the kids that she loved and believed in from Roxbury community. Some of you are like Miss Miller. We've been, you've been waiting on God to move. It's been weeks. It's been months for some of you. It's been years as you wrestle with your mental health, as you, as you wrestle with a dream, come on now, uh, to, to, to launch your corporation into a new season. Uh, uh, it, you, you, as you deal with your physical illness, it's been a while. Tell somebody, it's been a while. But what Miss Miller reminds us of is that God is faithful and that when you do all you can do, then part of what you need is God's power to sustain you so that you can hang in there until the time comes. And if Miss Miller was here, she would would, would sign off on the word suddenly that when it looked like she just needed to go ahead and retire, that nothing good was going to ever happen to Dearborn come on now! When the time was right, when God got all the pieces in place, Captain Craven, who who was overseeing the organization on the state level, that would dis. Burst the money. Uh, come on now, who had a heart for Roxbury. Come on now. Uh, 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 McDonald, who was the assistant treasurer, who had a heart for Roxbury. Tim Cahill, who was the state treasurer, who had a heart for Roxbury. And then when, when the superintendent went to the mayor and said, Should we listen to this Pastor Herman? Uh, God Timing the work we did in, meth, in, in healthcare, the work we did with the church. The man said, "Oh yes, I know him, and I know them." Come on, Roxbury and GBIO, and if they say they're going to do it, you can trust them. Let's lean in. And before I knew it, come on now, God's timing had orchestrated all of this together. Somebody shout, "God's timing!" God's timing. That's timing. Whoa. Come on now, if you do not faint in your well-doing, but hang in there. And sometimes the movement of God is really just to sustain you. To the time, Here's my word for somebody. Listen, here's what I'm trying to say. I cannot tell you that after you get the week, that God's power, and after you get access to God's power, I cannot tell you that the unmovable thing is going to move next week. I cannot tell you that it's going to move next month. I cannot tell you that it's going to move in three years. I can't. But all I can tell you is that God is faithful. All I can tell you is for you to just keep doing what you're doing. All I can tell you is that somewhere in your future, there is a suddenly that's happening. Come on now, that's waiting to happen. Hang in there and don't you dare quit. Lean on your we and lean on the power of God and trust him for his timing. Here's the final text that I want to close with. (laughs) I love this picture. This is a great picture. Go back to that picture just for a moment. You know, the stone has moved away, right? And it's in the heart of the darkness. And then suddenly the light shines. And that means that it's just representing Jesus coming to life when everybody thought that all hope was gone. But the timing and the power, come on now, exploded. It reminded me that Jesus declared when he was on the earth that he was the light of the world. That wherever Jesus... is light explodes come on and if you allow this Jesus to be in your life there is a suddenly in your future because he is still able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or even imagine according to his stone moving power that's at work in your life he is still able to make you more than a conqueror through his love that he's invested in you. Just get behind him and trust him. And my bishop, Bishop Green, always reminds me of this text. He says, when he was a young man, he says the preacher came and preached for revival of this church, and this text in Hebrew. And he says, and the preacher told him, Bishop said he was in his thirties at the time, and 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 who the, the, put the Hebrew text up there, and the, and the, and the preacher told him, the preacher said, listen. Bishop, he used the King James version. He says, "Listen, uh, when you have uh, when you have been faithful to do the will of God, you will need to be patient and wait on the promise of God." He was just saying that you know there are going to be some times when you're young that things are going to really move, but then you're going to run up against the unmovable in ministry and you will have been faithful. You will do the will of God. Once you've executed what you know to do, then you've got to trust God for the patience to hang in there until the promise comes. You know what the promise is? There's a suddenly in your future. I, I, let me just read it here. Out uh, of NIV version, just so you can have it. You ought to take a picture of this. I love this text. So do not throw away your confidence. Somebody's thinking about walking out. Somebody's thinking about leaving God at the intermission but the whole drama is not over yet somebody's thinking about throwing away your confidence but you've missed it this is your growing moment that that is not only God's power you need it's not only the strength of others that you need God's timing is always perfect don't you throw away your confidence it will be richly awarded as a suddenly in your future you need to persevere that's another word for being patient persevere Push your way. Ask God for staying power. Ask God for going through power. Ask God for standing up strength. Persevere. Shout, persevere. Type it in the chat. Persevere. So that when you have done the will of God, you will ultimately walk into your suddenly and receive what God has promised. That was Miss Miller's story five years in retirement she was back sitting in that brand new building having done the will of God she had now received what God had promised God said to tell you there's a suddenly in your future somebody shout amen Lord we confess it's hard to wait but you've taught us a little bit here We've got to, we pray for more humility so we can ask for help from others. We pray for more faith so that we can position ourselves through prayer and worship and, and an awareness and self-examination so that your power can move. We pray for going through power, for the, the capacity to persevere, to press through our grief and our pain. While continuing to trust that you're with us in the dark. And when the time is right, you'll turn on the light and lead us into our suddenly. We claim that right now. And we thank you for it. We thank you for what we need. We thank you for growing us in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. All right, listen, I don't want you to just be hearers of the word. I want you to take a step and respond today. Now, the primary way that we do this is we challenge you to engage our connection card. If you're watching on Facebook, it's popping up right now. If you're on our website, there's a link right there on the website. If you've got the app, just simply go ahead and open the NBCC app right now. Go to the Sunday section. You're going to see the connection card section. And when you tap on that, you're going to see next steps. And if you're not participating at that level, I just want you to walk along with me because I want you, whoever you are, to respond today. So, if you're looking at next steps, here's the first option that you have. You know, you cannot engage the unmovable in your life by yourself. I told you, you need a we. But you also need the God that has shown up in the person Jesus, who conquered death. And it says, through him we're able to do more than we can imagine. So, maybe this is the day for you to say, yes, I want to be a Jesus follower. I encourage you to go ahead and check that. Or maybe this is the day for you to return to your faith. I encourage you to go ahead and check that. Or if you want some information, there's a block, block box there that you can check as well. And then the response to the message. Now, here's we all can participate in, all right? Uh, and here's the response that I want you guys to affirm. God, I will pre- persevere to receive what you have promised. Now, if you're in the app, I just want you to go ahead and check that as an affirmation. But the rest of you, all of you who are listening to this, if you're if you're gonna if you're ready to make this affirmation, just read this out loud with me. Just, just you can just raise your hand like I am. Just say, just read it with me. Say, God, I will persevere to receive what you have promised. Praise God. Praise God. All right, here comes your reflection question. Take out your phone and take a picture of this. What is the immovable in your life? I want you to wrestle and process that with God and others. Okay, look, if you want to know when we go live, uh, make sure you go ahead and press the notification uh, bell, both in our Facebook uh, page and on the app. And next weekend is Mother's Day weekend. And so I want to encourage you to go ahead and invite your mom and Mother's Day figures to watch along with us as we're going to celebrate mothers in a very, very special way. And i If you want to participate in our virtual social hall, go ahead and fill out the registration. It's popping up right now. And uh, Lord willing, I'll see you next weekend. Keep growing.